right, sports mashup number 106, April 12th, 2023 is today's date. Uh, we begin in the NBA where the plan has begun. The Hawks and the Heat going head-to-head last night. The Hawks winning on the road 116-105. And then the Wolves and the Lakers going head-to-head. That game goes to overtime. Lakers win 108-102. So I believe that would mean that you would have the Hawks playing the Celtics, right? And then the Lakers playing the Grizzlies. Two versus seven. And then tonight you have the... uh, Nine and tens. Yeah, and the Lakers didn't. They fouled the Timberwolves on a three in the light seconds of the regulation to make that game go to overtime. Yeah, and the Wolves were leading like the entire time, and they kind of fell apart in the fourth, as teams usually do when the Lakers get all the foul calls. But uh, yeah, I mean Anthony Davis was just a really dumb play fouling Mike Conley in the corner. And shout out to Mike Conley had a great game. Uh, there are not many guys that would make all three free throws in that spot when you're down three with point one left in in a play-in playoff game. He's definitely an underrated point guard. Like he always was in Memphis, and then he finally gets traded, and now he's just been dealt around since leaving Memphis. Yeah, and uh, made all three free throws. Timberwolves were also without. Or no, that wasn't. No Jade McDaniels, no Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy Gobert was suspended from the team for that game. Yeah, he's an idiot. What a stupid trade. That's one of the worst trades in the history of the sport. But they'll play the loser. They'll play the the winner. The winner. The the winner. The team that loses in the games tonight's done. And then the winner of those games will play the loser. So you would have. Bulls Raptors winner plays the Heat. Thunder Pelicans winner plays the Wolves. So uh, I think if you're the Celtics, you're very happy about playing the Hawks rather than the Heat because the Heat in a seven game series is tough. And we saw the Heat last season in the Eastern Conference Finals give the Celtics a run for their money. So I don't know what was wrong with the Heat last night. You're at home, you're playing a Hawks team that's not that good. You probably shouldn't lose that game. But uh, I think this automatically means that the winner of Bulls Raptors has no chance to beat the Heat. I just and don't think the Heat are going to lose. The Lakers with a playoff signing signed Tristan Thompson. I don't think he's going to play, but he's just I'm another surprised he's even still playing basketball. Just another center from the bring off the bench, even though they <clears throat> signed or traded for Mo Bamba earlier. Don't they have Thomas Bryant too, or is he on the Nuggets? He's on the Nuggets. Yeah, he used to be on the Lakers, but yeah. Uh, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, I think the Lakers are going to be tough. I mean, I don't know if they'll beat Memphis. I need to let that breathe for a couple of days before I figure out who I'm going to pick. But I mean, besides Reeds, LeBron, and AD, their other starters scored two points. Jared Vanderbilt didn't score, and D'Angelo Russell only had two points. Dennis kind of Schroeder surprised. came off the bench and had 21. Yeah, he hit the big three, but I'm kind of surprised that D'Angelo Russell didn't do anything against the team where it should be like, this is a revenge game for me coming from Minnesota because he was obviously traded uh, yeah. from Minnesota. So, I don't know. Uh, you also have Zion says he will be back when he feels like Zion. Physically, he's there now, just mental. I mean, I, <clears throat> I mean – 
I don't even I don't even like have any interest in talking about this guy until he plays basketball because when he plays basketball, he's so good, but it's just he's been out since January 2nd with this hamstring issue. So I mean if he's physically there, I have a feeling if they went like they make it into the actual playoffs, he's back on he's back in for the playoffs. It's, it's so modern day NBA for a player of this magnitude to not play in a game like this when he could play. Yeah, you're telling me you're physically there, but now you're meant like you know you've been around the team, you've been at practices and stuff. If you're physically able to play Gotta and as dom is as dominant as you are, why are you not suiting up? Especially if your team loses I hope tonight. If your team loses tonight, you're out. I hope they lose. So then once again, you played half a season, and then we're out with an injury. Yeah, not good. Uh, the Mavs are under investigation for sitting players in their second-to-last game and basically giving up on the playoffs. They should be. I mean, that was a pretty disgusting act right there. Uh, pretty embarrassing to the league, in my opinion. And I, I think the league feels that way too. Yeah, and then they've also said that they're they think that Kyrie wants to be with the Mavs, so see what the future holds there. If the Suns don't win a championship, Kyrie Irving will be a Phoenix on year to year first, folks. And then you had the other day with the uh Golden State Portland game. Uh after the end of the first quarter, the score was fifty five to twenty seven. So the Warriors scored 55 points in a quarter. Yeah, the uh, Blazers did not go out in a uh, very impressive way. They kind of just limped to the finish line. It's another wasted season with Damian Lillard there, but it's not surprising that they, it was a wasted season. They weren't that good to begin with. So, And I think now they're going to have like the fifth pick. There's like three teams that are tied for first to get – the for overall one pick, which we all or everyone spectates, it's going to be the where's he is he Spanish or where's he from? France. What it what's his name? Me. Who are we talking about? <laughs> the guy who they project to be the number one pick, oh, Victor Wimbenyama. Yeah. So yeah. there's like three or four teams that are projected. They're like tied first for the overall pick. And then Portland's, I think it's three. And then the Hornets are four. And the Hornets said that they're not going to try chasing the first pick. And then Portland's got the the fifth pick. But, I, I mean, I'm surprised Lillard's still there, even though he's came out and said, like, he doesn't want to join a super team and do all that and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, how many years can you just – like, yeah, you're the guy in Portland, but how many years can you just sit there and have horrible team? It's almost becoming like a reverse effect where if a guy leaves and goes to a super team, he gets criticized. But if a guy refuses to go to a super team and stays with a franchise that's been terrible in a lot of years with him, then it's like, why don't you just go there? And I especially agree. after they, Especially after they dealt – his buddy and longtime 
two guard and CJ McCollum away. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think I think he's there to stay, so we'll see. I did see also that uh Vucevic, is that how you say his name from the Bulls? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, his goal was to, his goal's always been to play all 82 games. And this year he actually did it, played all 82 games this season. Which in, I mean in a grueling NBA season is tough to do. I mean minor injury, they sit you out for they rest you for a game or something. Yeah. And for his size and what he does, playing all game every 80 every game. And now going to have to play uh, tonight's game. You have the East. Nine and ten game is the Bulls versus the Raptors. And the West is the Thunder versus the Pelicans. Yeah, we will uh, make picks on that later on. I just had an ad pop up in my headphones. Uh, yeah, so interesting games. I mean – I don't really view the Bulls or Raptors as a threat to get the eight seed to the Heat, but who knows? I could certainly see the Thunder or Pelicans beating the Wolves. So we'll see. Yeah. So once again, I mean, the playing games have already started. You'll have. When does the first round begin? Uh. Says Friday's the plan ending and then Saturday's the beginning. Okay. Four games Saturday. April 16th? 15th. That was just the first game was whoever the Bucks play. Yeah. So all right. Just a few. Yeah, days. Celtics Hawks, they play uh Saturday. Yeah. We have the uh, stat leaders through the end of the regular season here. Uh, points per game, Joel Embiid, 33.1. Team points per game, the Kings, 120.7. So the Kings, I mean, ever since we started keeping the stats of this, the Kings have held that spot the whole time. And the only thing difference in points per game has been between Joel Embiid and uh, Luca. Yeah, the Kings-Warriors series is fascinating because I don't think that they have the defense to stop Golden State, and I think Golden State can stop them more than they can stop uh, yeah. Sacramento. Can and stop Go- Golden, State. Golden State with Jordan Poole and Gary Payton and everyone healthy now, they've become even more or scarier, especially at their seat. Yeah, they're going to – I mean – they have now. They have Gary Payton is really the guy that you got to have in there to to slow down De'Aaron Fox because I don't think they have anybody that can do it other than him. So, or at least stay in front of him. Uh, so that'll be a big a big part here. And speaking of the Kings, Demontis Sabonis leading the league in rebounds at twelve point three, and team rebounds was the Milwaukee Bucks at forty eight point six per game. Which I think Sabonis led this the entire time. Yeah. We kept rebounds. Yeah. Uh, assist James Harden 10.7 team assist Warriors 29.8 uh, blocks per game Jaron Jackson Jr. the Grizzlies at 3 the Nets leading in the team blocks per game 6.2 uh, steals per game OG 1.9 uh, 
team steals, Raptors 9.4. They pretty much led the entire time. Uh, we counted the stat, our steals also. I think the only difference was at one point uh, Jimmy Butler passed OG by like 0.1 for a week. Yeah. Uh, field goal percentage, Nick Claxton of the Nets, 70.5. And the Nuggets leading the team field goal percentage, 50.4. Nice to see Nick's, Nick Claxton back up there. He was there forever. And then you had a, uh, Walker Kessler, maybe somebody else jump ahead of him. But he's back. And shooting, I mean, yeah, he's a big, but still shooting 70.5% on the year. Big numbers. Yeah, not bad, not bad. But, I mean, I'm sure there's some website where you could see a stat tracker from distance that he shot from. Probably all within, you know, a certain range. And then a certain – he might have shot, you know, some threes or something that lowered it. Yeah. Uh, Threes made, Clay Thompson, 301. Uh, Team threes, Warriors – 1,363, which probably would have been probably over 1,500 if they would have been healthy for the year with Steph, Clay, and Poole and everybody. Yeah. Uh, Three-point percentage, Luke Kennard of the Grizzlies, 49.4. Team three-point percentage, the Sixers, 38.7. Team free throws, 76ers, 83.5. That's shooting 49.4% for the season. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, all right, let's go over to the NFL. Yeah, you had uh, Devin White has not requested a trade from the Bucks. Totally mind-boggling. They drafted him in the first round, thought he was going to be like their defensive guy after um, – no, oh, why did you just blow my mind? On who I'm talking about? God, who's their other linebacker? Levante David. Yeah, they thought like he was going to be their next Levante David guy, who's there for his career. Blah blah. I I mean, to me, this request came out of nowhere. Yeah, I think. This is a guy who probably wants to get paid a lot of money, and uh, which means going this. I think he's going going into or next year will be his fifth year option. Which I figured after this year he would get that pay that he wants. Yeah, but I'm sure if the Bucks want to entertain this request, they're going to ask for a lot for him. Yeah, I think in terms of market value, the problem is the Bucks probably want more than any team would be willing to give up. Uh, I think at the most you're going to get maybe a second. I mean, you look at what Roquan Smith went for. Um, yeah, he's also younger than Roquan, though. Yeah, but I don't think a team is going to give up more than a second for a linebacker, an inside linebacker. It's not a very highly valued position by a lot of teams. I Maybe know. it should be, but yeah, I mean, he's fa- he's so fast. He reads the play so well. 
But yeah, then the question is, if they don't get a trade, does he sit out? Which I don't think that's him. I think he still plays. But uh, then you had Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Ravens. One year, 15 mil. Is this a thing from the Ravens to try getting Lamar by getting him OBJ? Uh, I feel like they didn't view it that way. I think this is a definite overpayment of Beckham. That's the reason he went there. I don't think he was going to go anywhere other yeah. than the Jets, probably, if, if the Ravens didn't overpay him like this. this is a- he, he wanted 15 mil. He got 15 mil. Other teams were trying to get him for like 10 or 11. He's had a lot of injuries. He just missed an entire season with an injury, and this feels like a lot of money. The good thing to them is only one year. So and they play on grass in Baltimore, though. Yeah, that's good. But I don't and know. Then, I- did you see that MetLife has got some new state of the art turf? Yeah, good. Needed to replace whatever the crap they had there. Yeah, everyone said years. that like that was the worst turf was in MetLife. A lot of plus, injuries there. Plus, I mean, there's a game there pretty much every week because both yeah. teams use the field. Yeah. So we'll see how this new turf works and then if other teams then go and get this turf. Yeah. Uh, I'd be surprised if Lamar Jackson was quarterbacking anybody other than the Baltimore Ravens this season. Yeah, so we'll see also what the Ravens do if they draft a quarterback or what they do with their pick. Yeah, we will see. Uh, next thing here is what is the holdup with the Aaron Rodgers trade, which, you know, I mean, Packers want to get the value they believe they should get, which I don't think is a first-round pick, but I do think it's a collection of picks outside of the first round. And I think it's going to get done. I just think it's a matter of uh, when rather than if. I just These things take time. Yeah, I mean, is this going to be a draft day trade or post-draft? or If it's not a draft, if it's not done before the end of the draft, I think we wait until June probably. Which I think if you're the Jets, do you really want to just be effing around with this? I mean, just – just I, that's no, that's unbiased, but, like, come on. You already blew all your leverage. Just pay, pay what the Packers want and get it over with. They're not – I guarantee they're not asking for the 13th pick. But some curious – like – what if this trade doesn't happen? Then there would be another stain on the absolute disgusting piece of garbage that the Jets franchise is. No, I mean, does then does Rodgers play for the Packers? <laughs> I, no, I don't think so. Well, I get – I mean, if he wants to play, then yeah, but it feels like it would – take a lot for that not to happen but i'm, if, I'm so i'm so tired not, of if not does another team come into play like the niners or somebody it's always a possibility i think the patriots could be a team that sneaks in but i doubt it uh that would it would take a lot for it to get to that but i just i'm so sick of these jets fans on twitter talking like they have accomplished anything as a franchise they are a terrible franchise i don't know why they're they like they speak as if they've won multiple the one super bowl you won was like 50 years ago. Because what pick does do the Packers have in the first? 15. Like, what if they go out and draft that receiver from Ohio State? 
Well, I think we've all learned that the Packers are not a team that's going to take a receiver in the first round, but it would be very funny if they did it in their first year after Rodgers. Well, no, I'm saying then if that trade's not done, Rodgers like, ooh, now I got I got Christian Watson. I and- think the, the only way that Rodgers would do that is if they traded for Devontae Adams. <laughs> Because if they get if they were to do that, then I think you'd be like, okay, screw this, I'm, I'm coming back. But that's well, just it's I mean, not then, you'd, then you'd have a group of young receivers and another year with Watson, and then if Christian Watson turns out to be what we think he is, I, the Packers receiving core is going to be just as good as the Jets receiving core because I think Romeo Dobbs is good too. I think Romeo saying, Dobbs. You got those two young guys, and then you bring in was it Smith and Jabe? Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Jigba. If you have those three, it's like these Jets fans are talking like they have the greatest roster ever. They went seven and ten last year. I know you didn't have a quarterback, but Jesus. Hey, and then maybe in the second round they draft your tight end that you want. Darnell Washington would be slam dunk. If they have that the receiving core and the tight end, Aaron Rodgers might be like, oh, maybe I'll stay one more year. Let's see. And still have David Bakhtiari. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's the trade's gonna happen. It's just uh, we'll see when and what the numbers are in terms of the picks i think they might get a little bit more than i expect since it's taking so long but who knows uh teams are reaching out to the arizona cardinals for the number three pick i assume this me i saw mel kuyper's mock draft had first four picks were all quarterbacks so i think we might get a little bit crazy with that like uh, stroud goes one bryce young goes two richardson three levis four or something i don't know arizona's not going to take one of the top Three, I'll tell you that. As I was saying, like, do they move back a couple spots? And then, like, I don't know what their needs are. I think that if you move back at all, you got to try to still guarantee yourself into getting Will Anderson, I would think, who is probably going to be the first non-quarterback taken. They already made this mistake by taking Kyler Murray instead of Nick Bosa a few years ago. So... Take the, take the top defender. At some point, they're going to need to draft a receiver. Yeah, they could probably worry about that in the second or third round. But if you make a trade, you'll get an extra pick to be able to do so. Yeah, I'm not saying if you move back to six, you're taking a receiver. Who is the most likely team to make this deal to go up to three, I wonder? Chicago move back up? What about Baltimore? I mean. They, they might need a quarterback. I think the question, if your Arizona comes down to number one, how much do we value Will Anderson? And number two, how much do we value getting extra picks for the third pick if we don't get Will Anderson? Uh, Because I'm looking at Daniel Jeremiah's recent mock draft from a few weeks ago, and he has Arizona picking Will Anderson at three with Bryce Young going one, C.J. Stroud going two to Houston. If you're Houston, you're in a great spot because you're going to get whoever Carolina doesn't take between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Yeah, great unless, spot unless they shock the world and don't take either of those and take Levis or Richardson yeah, or somebody. Yeah. But either way, you'd still get one of those guys. Um, but, I mean, the Ravens also don't have to move. They could wait and take Hooker, Hendon Hooker at their close. Uh Jeremiah also has the Colts taking Anthony Richardson fourth. I think that makes sense. 
be between him and Levis, I assume. I, mean, uh, I, don't think he, I don't think he's hitting the roof off the dome there. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks, Jalen Carter at five. Lions taking Illinois corner Devon Witherspoon at six, which got to deal with another Illinois DB going to Detroit because they already have Kirby Joseph. Don't love that. But happy for Witherspoon, the fact that Illinois' program, where it was a couple years ago, having a top 10 pick, that's pretty wild. Shout out Lovey Smith for being a horrible head coach there. Uh, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech going seven. I'm trying to see where Levis goes. Got the Bears taking offensive linemen. Got uh, Atlanta taking a corner. Smith and Jigba to the Titans at 11. That would crush my entire soul. Uh, how about how about Bill Belichick taking a running back in the first round? Big John Robinson, 14th out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Got the Packers taking an offensive tackle, which I'm totally fine with because they really need a right tackle. Are they taking the guy from Bama? Uh, Paris Johnson, Jr., Ohio State. Oh, yep. Where's Levis? Levis going 19 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not happening. I would totally take that if I were a Bucs fan. Because you're not taking him in the top ten. You saw his his, his uh, pro day. He looks just like Aaron Rodgers out there. I'm just saying, you already have Kyle Trask. We discussed this, who sat behind Brady, and now you just brought Baker in. There's no need to draft a quarterback. Uh, Jeremiah wrote, if Levis starts to slide, I believe a team like Tampa Bay will trade up to get him. In this scenario, he falls right into the Bucks' lap. He would compete for the starting job with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. I've also seen – the mock drafts where Bajan Robinson get take gets taken by the Bucks to that pick. Uh, he also has Hendon Hooker going twenty three to the Vikings. So we go from last year where we had one quarterback taken in the first round to this year where we have five possibly. Pretty crazy, but yeah, we'll talk more about the draft in the next couple of weeks. We got what two weeks until the draft, so yeah, very exciting. Yeah, NFL draft. April 27th to the 29th. All right, let's do golf. Uh, last weekend you had the Masters Tournament. Winner was John Rahm. Won $3.2 million, shot 12 under. Yeah, Rahm kind of took it and ran with it after Kepka started to slide a little bit. Rahm gets it done. Second major for him. Won at Torrey Pines 2021 U.S. Open. Yeah, you, you had the – he's got four wins, two top fives, and then a tied for seventh. Yeah, he's unquestionably the best player in the world right now. Um, I, think got, it's, I think it's him, then it's Scotty, then it's probably Rory. You had uh, – day two you had – Storms come in, three trees fall, two of them on yeah. uh, the 17th tee box. No injuries. Surprising, yeah, but good. Uh, and then you just had rainy, bad weather for the rest of the tournament. Sunday was great, though. You had uh, Brooks Kepka was leading after day one and after round two, and then Fell back is basically couldn't putt. Yeah, couldn't couldn't make one. And then it everyone started says, started to get a little started to lose it off the tee a little bit as well. Everyone said, and he hasn't he hasn't won a tournament since he got married. So everyone's putting that out there. A real tournament or just like a? I think a real tournament because he's won on the live tour a couple times. 
a real tournament because he won last week before the Masters in Orlando. So yeah, but that's they're all team based. But he won the solo part of it. But but it was only fifty four holes. So yeah, it's real, not a real, real tournament. Real tournament. Yeah, which I think his last real tournament win I think was was that the Waste Management in twenty twenty one. I think that might be it. I don't know. Maybe he won another one that I don't remember. But yeah, I mean. Uh, and this weekend you have the RBC Heritage, defending champion Jordan Speak, Harbortown Golfings, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. It was a wild, wild week for Speak last week. Uh, finished T four. Usually does well at the Masters, obviously, and did it this week. And back on the horse again this week for for us Speak fans. It's a wild ride every week, and uh, see if he can go back to back. At the RBC, the difference is this is an elevated event, so you have everybody playing except for Rory, who did withdraw from this tournament. Um, but a much harder field this year than last year for for Spieth at the RBC. And then I saw this picture of Tiger's warm up routine. So his first club he hits with is a is fifty six degree, takes eighteen shots with it. Then he hits his eight iron, ten shots, nine shots with his four iron. Four shots with his five wood, six shots with his three wood, seven shots with his driver, back to his eight iron, three shots, five shots with his 60 degree, two more shots with his three wood, two more shots with his driver, and then ends with five more shots with his 56 degree. And Ethan's not here, but uh, the PGA did come out and announce. Uh, new fall schedule from mid-September to November. Seven tournaments with $56.6 million in purses. So they're up in the game there. See what the new fall schedule holds and what tournaments, you know. They got way too many elevated events this year. I think they're changing that. Um, there's a lot of golf for guys to be playing. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe the... Uh, Fall tournaments bring a little more excitement before the break. <laughs> yeah, you got the uh, the Ryder Cup this year as well. So in September, that'll be that'll be good in uh, Italy. So, all right, college hoops. Uh, Kyle Filipowski to stay at Duke for another year, but may have lost a top ten prospect due to it. Yeah, it looks like uh, the number two, I think he's the number two power forward, like number eight in the top 100, uh, who's had his letter or signed letter of intent, may decide to withdraw it. Which, I mean, is this really chasing NIL? Like, like him and Filipowski can't play together with seven foot and six nine? It's like. Well, I think there's the difference here is that. Mitchell returning as well. I don't think you're going to be seeing. I don't think uh, McKenzie and Baco would be seeing very many minutes in terms of how many he should be playing as the prospect that he is. And if he's smart, then I think he just goes the G League route. But maybe he goes to college. I don't know. And you had you still have Derek Lively. Jeremy Roach entered the draft, but he didn't hire an agent, so he still may return. The only guy from Duke that has left is. Uh, Whitehead, and then of course they lost um, their two grad transfers in Grandison and um, 
Uh, who's the guy from Ryan Young? Yeah, yeah. I, I always forget his name. But other than yeah. that, they're returning almost everyone but Whitehead. Yeah, barring something drastic, I think Duke will be the preseason number one team in the country. So, and then I saw uh, what women's South Carolina. All five of their starters were drafted. Like three in the first round, two in the second round. Yeah, it's not surprising. Not surprising. Uh, he also had Tony uh, Petiti will be the next Big Ten commissioner, uh, another former TV executive as a Big Ten commissioner, so not and a surprise. ACC is working on an extension for their commissioner. Yeah, Jim uh, Phillips. Yep. Uh, all right, let's do Major League Baseball, where there's already a lot of injuries, apparently. Uh, and how many players may come back from retirement would be the big question. Yeah, I, I wrote that thing. Like, there's so many pitchers who've already gotten hurt. So I'm wondering if there's any who may come back for another year. Maybe, I, I don't know. I think the pitch clock is obviously something that's going to take a while for some pitchers to get used to. You're working faster, uh, especially for the guys that were pitching in the WBC. You didn't get to pitch as much as you would have in spring, so you're a little bit off. I think a great example of that is Miles Michaelis, who has been horrible in three starts for the Cardinals. Uh, pitching the WBC didn't pitch very much in that. You're kind of off your program and routine during spring when you don't pitch very much, so... It's a bit of a problem, I think, and uh, we're seeing it. So we'll see how things change. Also, the Tampa Bay Rays are 11-0. I picked them to finish fourth in that division, and they are 11-0. I know there's 150 games left, but 11-0 is no joke. I, I don't care who they're playing. They also had a ton of home runs, and they can pitch. So they're a force once again. Yeah, and then you had the Phillies move Harper to the 10-day IL, dropped him from the 60-day. Yeah, uh, he took he took, to, he took BP the other day, so Phillies are starting to get it back. They scored ten runs against Sandy Alcantara the other day, so that's no joke right there. And they might have lost Reese Hopkins for the year. I believe he is done. Or Hoskins, but he was getting a second opinion. But yeah, it's unfortunate. And you, uh, last year most pitches. At 100 miles an hour by a starter, you had Otani at 40, Strider at 46, Graham Ashcraft at 47, Sandy Alcantara at 56, DeGrom 80, Jordan Hicks at 92. Do you know who was number one in this? DeGrom? No, he was at 80. Oh. Uh, Starters 100. Yeah, I don't know. Hunter Green. 337. Yeah, that's a lot. And yeah. then uh, you had their day, uh, UND pitcher Brady Ware. He threw a no-hitter and hit for the cycle in the same game. You're not going to see that very often. I, I don't know if that's ever happened. I've never heard of it happening, I'll tell you that. 
I mean, if it had, it had to have been, you know, in somebody's high school days or a small college like this, UND or something, but never in a big college or definitely not, I don't think, in the MLB. Yeah. I mean, the only person currently that could do it would be Otani. Yeah. Uh, player of the week. I'm going with uh, Pirates outfielder Brian Reynolds. He's 12 for 25, four home runs, 12 RBIs, one walk, nine runs, two doubles, and a triple on the week. Uh, I'm going back-to-back with Toronto players. This week is uh, Toronto's first baseman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, 14 for 27, two home runs, two RBIs, one walk, eight runs. So his two homers had to have been solos. Yeah. But uh, still a good week, 14 for 27. No doubt. O- over 500. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do NHL playoff clinchers to this point. The playoffs will begin, I think, next week, or it says 18th. Damn it, I keep forgetting that that's the bottom. Yeah. Six days. <laughs> yeah. So the Eastern Conference, you got the Bruins, Maple Leafs, Lightning, Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers, Panthers, and then the last spot is between the Islanders and Penguins. The Islanders have a half-game lead. I think the Penguins are on the pins. pretty much dead. Because if the Islanders beat the Canadians tonight, then that's what they were. It's it's a half game. You need the Islanders to lose and the Penguins to win. And the Penguins don't deserve it because they lost to the Blackhawks last night. They the Penguins just had to win both their games and they were in and 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 you can't lose to Chicago in that case. It's bad. Uh, the Western Conference clinchers, you got the Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings, Edmonton Oilers, Minnesota Wild, Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, Seattle Kraken, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, the Jets clinched last night. So the Western Conference is set. Yep. Just got to figure out the seating. The, interestingly, the Central is kind of tied with the top three or very close. So we'll see how that shakes out. And then uh, Bruins set new NHL record with 133 points yesterday with one game remaining. Capping or beating the Caps record. Yeah, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have a little bit of pressure in the playoffs now. Pressure packed playoffs. Because going into the season, I think the Bruins were kind of viewed as a, yeah, they'll probably make the playoffs. I don't know how good they'll be. And they've obviously wildly over overperformed or outperformed those expectations. And, the last team that we saw get close to this was the Lightning with 128 points four years ago, and they lost in the first round. So and Sweeney made good moves into the year, getting Orloff and those guys. Bertuzzi and yeah. But we'll see. they Olmark, they pulled them last night in the third with a small so there issues. So they, I don't. I'm sure he's not going to play tomorrow. But yeah, they say he's fine, so he'll be ready for the playoffs. I'm sure. So their first round series is going to be probably the Islanders, right? I believe. So. Yeah. So you're probably going to have Bruins, Islanders, Leafs, Lightning, Devils, Rangers, Hurricanes, Panthers. I guess would probably be how that lines up. So interesting. Uh. Yeah, and then the regular season ends with two games Friday. Yep. But yeah, when I was looking, I mean, yeah, Olmark has 40 wins. Swayman has like 
23. He's like 19th on the goalie wins list. So you got number one goalie win and then 19th. So, yeah. So that was we win a lot of games. But yeah, the Stanley Cup playoffs start April 18th. So next uh, Tuesday. Yep, and we got uh, stat leaders here through April 11th games. We have the points leader, Connor McDavid, with 152. He's 27 ahead of his teammate. Uh, D-man points, Eric Carlson, 125 ahead. Which, when's the last time a defenseman had 100 points? Yeah, it's been a little bit, I think. Um, let me look here. I was thinking this when I was updating these stats late last night. So the most points in a season by a defenseman was Bobby Orr with 139. He also had 135. Uh, but this is a different era. Paul Coffey in 1986 had 138. Uh, so the last one to do it was in 1991, Al McInnes at 103. Oh. Brian Leach at 102 in 1992. So it was 1992 is the last time we saw 100 points from a defenseman. The closest we got prior was last season, Roman Yossi at 96. So Carlson gets 100. 31 years. This has been a very weird season for weird expectations going into a season for a player or a team and then them wildly outperforming. The Bruins are an example. And then everyone was thinking of Eric Carlson's like, is he done? He doesn't look great. Will he ever get back to where he was in Ottawa? And then he has 100 points, so there you go. And then uh, they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, because they're terrible. Uh, rookie points, Matty Beneers, Seattle, 57-9 ahead. Is he going to run away basically with rookie of the year? I think he's probably going to win it easily, yeah. Uh, goals, McDavid, 64, four ahead of Pasta. Defenseman goals, Eric Carlson, 25, four ahead. Rookie goals, Matty Beneers, 24, three ahead. Assists, Connor McDavid, 88, six ahead. Uh, defenseman assist, Eric Carlson, 75, nine ahead. Uh, rookie assist, Matias Michelli of the Coyotes, 37, four ahead. Which he's four ahead of Paneers, uh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, goalie wins, Linus Olmark hit the 40 mark last night. He's two ahead. And he also leads in save percentage, 938. He's .005 ahead. And team point leaders is the Bruins, 64, 12, and 5, 133 points, 22 ahead. And also shout out to Quinnipiac University for winning the men's ice hockey national championship and a thrilling overtime victory over Minnesota. They were down 2-1 late. They tied it. Going to overtime, they scored quickly, and they win a national championship. So props then, to Quinnipiac. Uh, most points in a season since 8045. McDavid is he's 11th on that list with his hundred. Well, that was with his 151, but Steve Eisman had 155 and 8889. And then you had Lemieux, Gretzky, Lemieux, and Gretzky ahead of him. And Gretzky's highest was 215. McDavid would have 300 points if he played in that era. I'll tell you that right now. Lemieux was third with one of his four seasons on here with uh, 199. Yeah. 
But it, just in the 88, 89 season, you had Bernie Nichols had 150. Uh, Eisman had 155. This live puck era. Gretzky had 168, and Lemieux had 199. All in one year. Yeah. Different era. And then the 100-point club, you had three Oilers in that. Uh, the first team since the 95-96 Penguins have three players with 100 points in the season with uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Leon Dreisaitl. What year was the Penguins? 95-96. So that would have been what? Lemieux, Yager, and Trottier? No. Stevens, no. Uh... Let's give this a look here. It was Lemieux, Yager, and Ron Francis. Okay, yeah. Interesting. Lemieux had 161, Yager had 149, Francis 119. So kind of similar to what the Oilers are looking at, except Dreisaitl didn't have that many. Yeah, where are they at? I mean, Dreisaitl, or McDavid was 152, Dreisaitl 125. 125, Nugent Hopkins 103. But the thing about Nugent Hopkins is, like, he's got 52 points in the power play. So, I mean. How many, he's got, how many goals and how many assists? 37 goals, 66 assists. And then what's what's Dreisaitl out on goals and assists? 51 goals, 74 assists. It's just funny because they have McDavid 152, Drysaddle 125, Nugent Hopkins 103, Hyman 83, and then it goes to Darnell Nurse 43. So, so you know which line you need to stop. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, college football. I just added this in real quick. Former Texas Tech and Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury joins Lincoln Riley at USC as an offensive analyst. I think he'll be working with the quarterbacks there as well. So a good spot for him. You get to live in Southern California. You get to have a lot less responsibilities. Yeah, I did good see spot. this. And then it, Caleb Williams is still there, right? Yeah, he's got. He's going to play one more year there. So I mean, Kingsbury will be working with him, which you never know how that's going to turn out. Caleb Williams could have a down year. Well. Usually gets the quarterbacks to play well. It's just about the whole team because Mahomes there was at Texas Tech was good. It's just the team kind of stuff. Well, uh, I meant stuck. with what he had with Kyler Murray, he didn't get much. That's out true. Of him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, let's do the picks now. Which the picks will all be for today's and Wednesday, except for golf. Yep. Uh, I was six and three last week. I'm now seven eighty two and five eighty three. Yeah, I went four and seven. It was bad. Uh, seven sixty one and five eighty now. So not great. Um, all right, let's start this week with. Uh, I guess MLB. We can start. Uh, I got the Angels minus one sixty five over the Nationals. Red Sox plus 110 over the Rays. Maybe Chris Sale can stop them. Uh, Braves minus 275 over the Reds. Rangers minus 165 over the Royals. And the Dodgers minus 155 over the Giants. I also have the Dodgers over the Giants. Uh, I got the Phillies minus 190 over the Marlins. The Blue Jays minus 275 over the Tigers. 
Orioles minus 180 over the A's and the Royals plus 140 at the Rangers. All right, let's do NHL. I got the Stars minus 165 over the Blues and the Flames minus 245 over the Sharks. I'll take the Stars minus 165 over the Blues as well. And the Islanders must win. The number is huge. I wouldn't even bet this, but minus 365 over the Canadians. Why not? I should have just gone with the Canadians because maybe they want to play spoiler. Who knows? Well, um, they also have to play the Bruins tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do NBA. Yeah, we'll do the NBA plan. Uh, I got the Raptors minus six over the Bulls, which that was the one I was iffy on, and then the Pelicans minus five and a half over the Thunder. Going the other way. Give me the Bulls plus six at the Raptors and the Thunder plus five and a half at the Pelicans. Why not? And the Pelicans have so many options. They got uh, – uh, what's their one point guard they signed to an extension last year? They got him back. Alrea. Alvarado. Yeah, they just got him back. Yeah, but uh, the Thunder have the best player in the game. Yeah, but the one guy compared to the Pelicans starting lineup – but the Thunder have some shooters too. Isaiah Joe, Lindy Waters, Jalen Williams. They got some guys. I mean, the Thunder could be scrappy. Pelicans have also have Brandon Ingram, who's had a sneaky year. Yeah, he's good. And sure. to the NBA, um, Jason Tatum's the first Celtic to average 30 points for the season. Selfish. That's what I call that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Bird, Bird didn't want to do it. He's a team guy. Not sure Tatum's a team guy. Uh, RBC Heritage, Harbor Town Golf Links, South Carolina. Well, South Carolina swing on the PGA Tour right now. So Man, I should have picked. I should have tried putting Wesley Bryan in here. He won it years ago. I didn't even look for him. But well, it's a uh, hard field now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to win, I have Scotty Scheffler plus eight fifty, Victor Hovland plus twenty two hundred, and Sung J M at plus twenty five hundred. I have Jordan Spieth plus 2,200, Max Homa plus 2,800, Tom Kim plus 3,500. Top five, I have John Rahm plus 250. I have Victor Hovland plus 500. Top 10, I have Max Homa plus 280. I got Sung JM plus 275. Uh, Top 20, I have Justin Thomas plus 130. I have the layup of the century, uh, Thigala plus 240. I thought you were going to put John Rahm right there. I'm like, you better change that pick. I would never do that. Uh, top 40, I have Tommy Fleetwood plus 110. He had a decent showing at the Masters, hoping he can finally get back into form. I have Adam Scott plus 150, top 40. So, all right, that will do it for us. We'll have a lot more playoff talk next week, some more NFL draft talk. And uh, other things as well. We'll see everybody next week for number 107. Deuces.